Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey, everybody. Hey, monkeys. And welcome new listeners to the Snark Monkey Podcast. I am Larry Morgan. We are on Twitter at the Snark Monkey. Uh, find us at snarkmonkey.net. You can also subscribe on iTunes, please do, or on iHeartRadio, uh, or on uh, this thing called Spreaker, which exists. Um, today's guest on Snark Monkey number 49, Kira Soltanovich, a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. She has just released her new special called You Did This to Me, which she taped while seven months pregnant. It is awesome and funny and a little insane to see this, let's just be honest, uh, loud, full-on pregnant woman do her act which is physical and crazy and just it's it's a really good special and it is available on amazon and itunes and google play and all your favorite video streaming sources definitely check it out worth watching really funny and um she's been around for a while she's been doing stand-up she's been done the circuit you've probably seen maybe some of her other specials she's been on a bunch of different tv shows and for eight years was the truly obnoxious voice <laughs> in the photo booth on Jay Leno's Tonight Show, if you remember that segment. And she's just really fun and has a really interesting background, born in the Ukraine, grew up in San Francisco. And uh, we talk about a whole bunch of stuff. And she comes in raring to go with way more energy than you would expect from somebody who has a nine-month-old who has not learned how to sleep through the night. Uh, way more energy than I had, and I don't have a baby, as far as you know. So, uh, there you go. Enjoy. Uh, this is Snark Monkey. No, let's get right to it. Do I need anything else? We have no sponsor. This space available for sponsorship right here. You can have this prime real estate in the Snark Monkey podcast. <laughs> oh, my phone's going to be ringing off the hook. No, seriously, reach out. Come on. You know you want to. Let's go. Snark Monkey number 49. Here's Kira Sultanovich. Enjoyed your Periscope this morning. Um, you're, Did you see that? You're apparently your first attempt to either a Periscope or b jog uh, with Periscope or both. I it don't was know. my first everything. Yes, I have you jogged before. It's been a long time, okay. as you can as you can tell. Oh, stop. I'm a, well, I'm a little. It's a you little just wide. had a baby, That's and you look thing. great. I didn't just have a baby. That's the thing. Yeah, She's how... nine months. Uh, yeah, There's but... plenty of time to get a couple sit-ups in, cut down on some carbs. Now, you would need to cut yourself a little slack, actually, lady. Because I have. You... These slacks are bigger. <laughs> you are right. These are the bigger slacks I am wearing. 
I tr- I wanted to Periscope today because everyone's been telling me you have to you have to do more on social media. Oh, and the, that, the big push is you always yeah, content, always create content. I can't tell you how much that drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I long for the days of newspapers <laughs> and like just AM radio. How about that? Right. No offense. No, no, no. That's but fine. But I really love those days. Remember when my dad, uh, my dad, remember when my dad, but remember when a dad would ignore you because they had the newspaper in front of their face? Yes. Now it's just a phone in front of our faces and we're ignoring our and children. And everybody ignores each other. Yes. Uh, I actually saw somebody because I, that to me, there's stuff about ritual that just is really something that kind of is embedded in you and i would do the same thing for for the longest time just opening that paper and spending time with that and going through that it feels so ancient now and i had to wean myself off that because for one uh, the la times started to get like a pamphlet at some point there was nothing in it anymore and then it was just hard to find it's like well uh, unless it's delivered to your door my dad still reads the paper of course um but i think it's only the sunday i think that's all he gets is the sunday paper i think some of them are that's that's it practically yeah. all they really will bring you well anymore. he's in san francisco right so the sunday paper always had something called the pink pages I, the chronicle i lived in the bay area for a yes. while my wife and i loved the the sporting green and sporting the pink, green and pink the pages. pink section yeah and that's what i would read yeah. every sunday and I go to his house and I see him and now he reads like he's a sleuth. He reads with a huge, I mean, it's it's oversized. This enormous. It's like a prop magnifying glass. It's so big. And then he, sometimes he looks at me like he looks up from the paper. I go, Pop, what are you reading? And like his eyeball just comes out at me. But he sits there and he reads the paper and he still reads it. And I love that. But then he also calls me with questions about his cell phone. Like, I don't know how to set this alarm. And I go, until you get an iPhone, I can't have a conversation with you. Because he has some crazy phone that's some not off-brand. Even, it's the- not even a Samsung. It's like a flam-flung. And there's an icon. I go, well, is there a picture of an alarm clock? He's like, I have a monkey climbing a tree. I'm like, all right, try that. I don't know what that's going to be. But I love that feeling. So anyways, going back, I did Periscope today for the first time. And I thought, uh, if I'm going to do it, which everyone tells me I have to do, Mm -hmm. I need to to attach it to something, right? So today I decided I'm going to start jogging again. I had the baby in the stroller. She's sleeping. And I thought, okay, so if I jog and I Periscope myself jogging, like here I am, this is what I'm going to do, then it makes me accountable. But then somebody texted me, Dean Edwards, if you're listening, very funny comedian, and he goes, nobody scopes, is what he called it, right? Um, while jogging. And I said, well, then I'm a visionary. Yeah, well, why Why is that a criticism if you're breaking new ground? What do people do? I mean, I've, I periscope, I too. I, I, you know, I basically get on the air at night when I do my radio show, and, I, and they see me standing there waiting to talk before the next song. It's not, I don't know. I, pe- people, people love it. At least you were doing something. People periscope and literally just sit there and wait for people to comment, and then they just read back the comments that are coming up on the screen. What's happening to the kids of America, Kira? And that person has a development deal. <laughs> They're going to have their own television show now. Well, be careful. You'll be forced into some sort of you know jogging reality show or something. Let's get forced into that so I can stop forcing myself into pants. <laughs> And I know, I know people are going to be like, you're a 10 in the Midwest. I don't live in the Midwest. (laughs) And and when you get your TV show, you're going to stop wearing pants? Is that what you're saying? Am I interpreting that wrong? How do you get a TV show? Oh. Oh. 
just figuring this out. That's the plan. Uh, congratulations. I know you didn't just have the baby, but <laughs> everybody's just watching the special, which just went on Amazon Prime, yep. which is great. It's yeah. really good. Thank and you. Wow, you are pregnant. Very pregnant. In, the, in that. Yes. Um, and you and I... I kept thinking, wow, she looks like literally you. Now, I haven't finished it yet. I watched it last <laughs> night because we had to change our recording time. Uh-huh. I thought I was going to watch it tonight, and then we changed it today. Yes. And so um, I have 22 minutes left on it because I just got really sleepy, not Spoiler, because of the special. baby comes out. So, see, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> if the, at this point, because the special's so good, but if it doesn't, if you don't have the water break and spray in front of the guy in yeah. the front row, then I'm going to be really bummed. I know. Yeah. You know, did um, you want that? To there's happen? a director's cut <laughs> that I will release. Oh, extras where right. we CG, CGI, or is yeah. it just CG? Uh, I think you just CG. You could say CGI. I could, that's, yeah, but it's hipper to just say CG. CG. Yeah, a baby coming out is what I pitched my director <laughs> so many times. Um, I I I think that people thought it would be funny, ha ha ha, but they don't realize it'd actually be a tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be so, but everyone's like, you should have the baby during your special. Yeah, because that's how they come out. You just think about it. And you get uh, the red light. You get like three or four cups of coffee, if you know what I mean, <laughs> a bran muffin, and then let nature take its course. That's not how it happens. And also, wow, that'd be terrible. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, this is baby number two. And honestly, I, I could have I could have just gone to the restroom. And had this baby. I was going to ask. So much easier. I was going to try. Thank God you are so willing to just volunteer information. It crosses off so many questions that I wanted to delicately ask. Like, how was the birth? Did it it last a long time? I I should have periscoped it. (laughs) If I would have known. People don't periscope births. Um, You know, do you have kids? I have a sort of. I have a large adult male who was a child at one point. Uh, so it's hard to relate now to... The, but I can tell you what they okay, grew up to be. Okay, that just sounds like almost like I know, a hostage I situation I, or an Amber I, Alert. I, quote, adopted a uh-huh. 24-year-old man. Yeah, I have a 24-year-old son. We okay, have, yeah. but so you have him, like he's yours? Yes, as far as I know. <laughs> it just sounds like he showed up a it's week just, ago on your doorstep. It, no, it, here's the problem. It's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that there is an adult man that is my son now. It just, I see. It would just happen like out of nowhere. And But it's cool because yeah. he's like a, a buddy and we have beers together and stuff and it's right. great. And we have a, the same sense of humor and we fart at each other. It's, it's but, stupid. But he's living with you. No. Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you the song that I sing to my nine-month-old at three o'clock in the morning when she wakes up and needs to be rocked back to sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm leaving on a jet plane. (laughs) I cannot tell you. Everyone's like, it goes by so fast. But at three o'clock in the morning when you're rocking them back to sleep... And they won't sleep. It does not feel like it's going by so fast. Not fast enough, anyway. And then you get sad because you're like, oh, I don't want to wish that this period was over because then you never get it back. But at the same time, I like to feel like a human being and well, yeah, you're sleep gonna... when everyone everyone's sleeping on my time zone. You're going to miss the cute little babies. Yeah. Of course, because they're yes. cute and they're adorable and they make faces and they smile. Right. And that's what? percentage of the time that they're not screaming or pooping right. or being miserable or whatever. You're going to miss that. 
But then you're going to get to the point where they're obnoxious teenagers. I mean, what's your older child is how five. old? Okay, five. Oh, yeah. Wow, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does five mean? I can't remember five. Um, he, well, he, this dude. You got a, now you have a guy and a girl. Yes. All right, so the five-year-old boy. This guy, I feel like, um, and I know people are going to be like, you're paranoid, and you're, but I feel like he is, has come back from some parallel universe <laughs> to... Like, he's connected to the government. Like, I'm sure that he's here to just spy on me. Interesting. And relay information to my creditors. Okay. Because he hears everything. No, no wait a minute. The, 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 we have three stories the, in our house. The credit bureaus actually yes. have the technology to I send think, somebody from a different dimension or a time machine. Yes. And that's what they're going to spend their time doing? Because no trying one to get would you ever to... think that... <laughs> No one would ever put that together. All They're going to send small old... children to come yes. back and collect your bills. Not They're not going to kill bi- Hitler. No. No? No, because that's a whole rigmarole. Yeah, no. The, the end result is that who knows what's going to happen. But all he does, he he knows everything. He hears everything. He repeats everything. The other day he said to me um, uh, something about the baby, right? He's like He was like sitting on her head. And I was like... Dude, what's the number one rule of life? And he said kindness, which is what I've taught him. Like, that's the number one rule of just being a human. That's all there is, really. Yes. Kindness. Nice. nice. And then I go, and what are you doing right now? And he said, I'm playing with Claire. I'm being kind. You're sitting on her fa- Her nostrils where oxygen should go. Anyway, so he... It's just he, perspective. You know, just, you gotta... Yeah, you gotta... It's it's, his take on kindness. Yes. Um, he, he hears everything. He says everything. He said to me the other day, something, something, mommy on a... Da-, he goes, mommy, you're always telling me this on a daily basis. And I was like, you're on timeout for using <laughs> daily basis. How do you know... What are you saying to me right now? He's key, he's keeping track. Obviously. He knows everything. He's I know everyone's like my kid's a genius. My, I don't think he's a genius. I think he's a spy. He's working for the government, and he's here to to take me down. Wow. Yes. Is it working? Yeah, yes. <laughs> you're, you're, Look at me. You're breaking down in I'm, front of I'm me. I'm a mess. Oh my god. Because he just knows and hears everything, and he's constantly aware. Of everything. How does a five-year-old keep track unless you're either half a robot, I don't know what he is, or (laughs) you have an IFB in your ear and someone from another government is talking to you and telling you what to say. All right. That's, those are the only two options. You tell me another option. So of all the pitches, uh, obviously your brain works unlike almost anybody else's in the world, but you've had two <laughs> amazing ideas for pitches. We need to keep track of this stuff. Okay, write I'm, them down. I'm writing your coattails. Okay. The first one was the, it was, it was jogging. Was that it? Was it, yes. was it the jogging the reality jogging, show? The jogging reality show. I'm not show. real high on that one anymore for some Why reason. Not? Uh, but the, but the, uh, the five-year-old as a Terminator, I think, <laughs> I think we got something there, right? Ter- I mean, Terminators with babies? I mean, uh, that's... Who would have suspect oh that? Oh, my God. And this isn't just the Soviet in me talking here. This <laughs> well, is, I think, a legitimate that. concern because this kid knows way too much. By the way, spoiler alert for the latest season of The Americans. That's what happens. <laughs> the five-year-old t- Such turns a good on show, him. right? Isn't that great? Such a good show. Yeah. Uh, is your family... It's based on your family, right? 
It's, your yes. parents, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, they, they just didn't want me to be a part of it. So, so they never a, let you in on it. Yeah, there's like a cease and desist. I love, uh, not just in the special, but I've been watching your comedy for a while, and, and your take on your parents is so awesome because it's so specific. Everybody who has really unusual parents, and that's pretty much everybody, I think, yeah. uh, but the fact that you've got the accent and their background and their perspective and how that's related. There's a lot of yelling. <laughs> and they're loud. I mean, and you have, and I'm not, I'm again, one of these delicate things, and I'm sure that you know this, you have a powerful voice that can operate at varying levels <laughs> of high decibels. Do you have a whisper in you? Yes, I just told you how I sing the song to my nine-month-old. <laughs> Leaving on a jet See, that's plane. lovely. You do it's, have a lovely do, voice. It's lovely. That's yeah, okay. my whisper. Okay, so your range is 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 huge. Huge. But the, so the the whole so yelling is a big thing. Yelling it's, is a big thing. That's communicating in the family. Are we allowed to, allowed to say any you language can say on this? You want. Any words? Yeah. Okay. So in Russian, the Russian word for how, like like how am I going to get there? How am I going right. to do this? Right. Is Cock. Okay. How's, that, how's it spelled? Or, well, let's... K, the, the Russian K, yeah. the Russian A, the Russian K. All Cock. Right. Okay. Cock. How? <laughs> so I'm on the phone with my dad, and uh, I'm walking with my baby, and my dad wants me to get to San Francisco, and then we have to do all these things and travel plans and organize this, and I'm like, okay, you tell me. Cock. Cock. Right, because I'm 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 doing my like you know Wranglish, like Russian and English combined. So it's like every other word is Russian and English and the Russian you and English back and forth all the time. Yes, but I forget that I can't isolate <laughs> that word in the middle of the grocery store, where I'm like, okay, great, cock, cock, tell me. <laughs> you tell me, cock. What? And people yeah. are uh, making way yeah. in the out, like in the aisles. As I'm walking down, they're like stepping out of my way. Yeah. What is the lady in the produce section thinking? Screaming, that, cock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is it like, are you ordering something? I, what is going I'm on? Just, yeah, I guess I, I, I'm ordering it over the phone. I guess you can do anything now. You can Instacart a cock. So when did your parents move over to the states, and how San, did San Francisco come about? Well, first we, so I was born in the Ukraine. Right. Right. So then we had to go to Italy. So we left That's as right. refugees. Right. So then we had to go to Italy and wait for paperwork, which was, let's be honest, fake, I'm sure. And <laughs> um, and then in Italy, uh, we had a choice to go to Canada or the U.S. And we failed some sort of Canadian I don't know. So you had tried to get into we Canada. Tried, it was either Canada or U.S. And then I, I don't know. They gave you like a hockey quiz. I don't know what it was, but yeah. my parents failed it. <laughs> and so it was like, America. Yay. And so we first came to New York and then um, got a place in New Haven, Connecticut. And we were one of the first Jewish families. Soviet. They, they would call it Soviet Jewry. Such a bizarre. It's just <laughs> wow. so. Yeah. And uh, one of the first Jewish families to come to this part of Connecticut. Seriously? Yes. We were the newspaper. <laughs> and we still have the clippings. Where it's like, the Jews are here. Like, I guess New Haven just needed Jews so badly. Wow. They set us up with a townhouse, two-story townhouse. We came from a one-room. The one-room might have been as big as a studio. Four people in one room. 
in the Lvov, Ukraine, right. to a two-story townhouse, and they hooked my parents up with jobs and cars, and, you know, they, they accepted us. Wow. And now it's Is like... Is it an oddity? Is some sort of... Like, or there was a quota they needed they, there to... There must have been yeah. a Jewish quota. Were they... Uh, uh, before that, filtering them at the New York border or something? I, what was the deal? I don't deal? know how New Haven does not have I mean, an influx of Jews. Look, let's face it. New Haven does tend to lend... You know, the picture would be white Catholic... It's waspy. Yeah, yes. sure. But how does, they how does some exci- not slip in? They were excited. <laughs> They were. We had news crews there. Now, why would you leave that? You're treated like Jew royalty. Be- because my parents. Dro- dro- royalty. Royalty. My parents were like, "It is freezing here, and we <laughs> just left freezing. We just left freezing." So someone said, "Come to California," but I guess they didn't let them in on the fact that San Francisco is still freezing. Yes. And uh, we moved to San Francisco. So the way that a lot of immigrants maybe to this day still work, is that you find someone that is willing to not sponsor you, but sponsor is a word I guess you could use, but also like help you right? so that they can kind of be your anchor. Yeah, you either have family that's already here or you find somebody who's willing to just help you right? You know, integrate into Even just vouch for you in the community. And so that's why you get these huge Russian communities. I mean, that San Francisco has a really big Russian community. Right. And that's how... That happened because it was like one or two families, and then that was it. Just boom, the floodgates opened. Yeah, I, uh, you, oddly, you were not. You were the second uh, Russian-born stand-up comedian who has been in this room talking to me. I will kill me. the other one. Who is it? <laughs> I will. You, well, you can't kill Yakov Smirnov. Oh, he is, uh, uh, please, Yakov. Yes, um, Yakov, uh, and his story is is bizarre and, yeah. and strange, and uh, and I think I made the dumb mistake of asking, uh, "Have you gone back to Odessa?" And he looked at me like I was insane, like. Why would I go back to? I mean, have you? I have. You, you've visited the home country. Yes. yes. And I realized when my dad, we sat in a taxi cab in Moscow, and he said, "Okay, listen to me. You shut up. You don't speak. You do not speak in Russian." Because when we left, it was the late seventies, right? That's the last time my parents spoke, um, you know, street Russian. Right. So everything they know, all the Russian language they know is from the late 70s. So that's who taught me how to speak in Russian. Right. So I go back to Moscow and I sound like the equivalent of someone who like time traveled. So I'm like, hey, what it is, Jive Turkey? <laughs> Give me some skin, Slim. And my dad is like, shut your face. You do not speak. I couldn't talk because it, that's what I sound it like. Would be, yeah, it would be the equivalent if you walking around right now here in America going up your nose with a rubber hose yeah, or sit exactly. on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sit on it, Potsy. <laughs> Which is how my parents learned English. 100% of true. Of course, watching TV. They learned. Um, I did a pilot with Cindy Williams, who was Shirley, Shirley. and Shirley. And um, when I call my dad and I go, you're not going to guess who is here on this on the set with me and he's like put her on the phone right now and my mom was like that is how we learn english and so they put her on the i put her on speaker and she's talking very sweetly right to my to my family and uh they're like complimenting her in their broken english like you you teach us english and she's like well i did a really bad job (laughs) i did a terrible job 
Yeah, so no, at what point, obviously, so you were born there, you were a little girl. Yes. Suddenly, I want to do a bad yes. Russian accent. You, you were a little girl uh, when you left, so you were obviously fluent in Russian as far as a six-year-old or whatever could be, right. or a well, tiny so yeah, person. It was my first language. Yeah. Right. So where along the line did you recognize? Because I have the same thing, not at all the same thing. I grew up in Texas. <laughs> I recognized how corn-pone I sounded at yeah. one point yeah. and made an active you know, goal to get rid of that accent. And being in radio and stuff, too, helped because yeah. I, I, could, I was around people from the Midwest and jocks from, you know, Arizona, who has no, they have no discernible accent as far as I can tell in Arizona. So I, I, I was aware of it. At what point were you thinking, I have to lose this accent, or was the accent even really that prevalent? No, no, there was no accent. What happens is when I spend a lot of time with my family, so even just a weekend, I have a broken English syndrome that pops up. Right. So I can't form sentences. I have this broken, <laughs> like my husband even notices it. You know, we we'll go to San Francisco, spend the weekend, and all of a sudden, you know, language not so good. <laughs> I don't know what happens. I have no idea why. I do the same thing. I, 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 you will never hear me around here dropping y'alls, but I right. get back home, and, and it's y'all this and y'all that, and I'm fixing, and I'm going, and I'm visiting. <laughs> I have never said here in Los Angeles, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm fixing to go visiting. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. But the, you would the do CBS. that in Texas, absolutely. In 2016, yes. Wow. Well, yeah, people still say that there. I know, but, but that's it's just... the same thing. It's something just switches, and I'm I'm back in my homeland again, and I kind of feel like I maybe it's that I feel like I have to be accepted in some way, and I have to sound like the person there. Yeah, but that was me. I was you know 18, still sounded like that. You know, when I I lived in London for a year. And I tried to pretend like I was British. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that go? Anybody call you on it? Terrible. No? Really? People would look at me crazy. But did, I just sound like, you know, what did it sound hello, like? Mary <laughs> Poppins, you know. But so after a while. it was just a cartoon cockney is what it was. I tried. I tried so hard. Not with people that knew me. Right. But if, um, you know, this is way before smartphones and all that. So if you were lost, you had to actually find a human being and look at them face to face and ask them for directions. Right. Right. So I remember being a little lost and confused. And, and I went up to someone and I spoke to them like I was local. And, uh, you know, they looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> they were like, OK, here's, here's your crazy person. You're a crazy person. Okay, I'll play along. All right. But um, well, it's hard to. It's interesting because people might be thinking: Are they putting us? Is she putting us on, or does she have an accent? Right. That she comes from somewhere that's making her sound so strange. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, I think that that worked for me in my favor because I just didn't want to be a yank. Right. And that is definitely used. It's so funny as a Jew, and I feel like I'm so swarthy and oily and greasy, and I just have such a Hasidic Soviet face that when they were like, hey, Yank, I'd be like, you're kidding. Come on, with this face, I got a mustache. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. When they would call me a Yank, I get it. That's what my passport says. But I just don't feel that at all. I mean, you're definitely a yank, but you yes. know, I just felt like, come on, like that just doesn't feel right. Yeah, you could pass as almost 
any other po- there are like five different possibilities. Somebody could so look many. at you and say Italian. I mean, so I mean, you've, many. you've gotten it all, right? I've I actually and, had an Armenian woman try to kidnap me once. <laughs> In a bank here uh-huh. in Los Angeles, right? Because she assumed I was Armenian. I mean, immediately I got my chin waxed. Everything I took everything <laughs> off. But she, she was like this itty bitty little grandmother, and it was inside of a Wells Fargo, which I believe has a tunnel that goes down to the capital of Armenia, and that's how they just get here. Because every person working at a Wells Fargo is Armenian. Anyway, so <laughs> I, luckily they could translate, but she grabbed me and she tried to kidnap me. And she just grabbed me by the hand and was just screaming at me in Armenian. And I was like, anybody want to tell me what's happening? Like I yelled at the tellers and they were, she wants to take you home to her son. Oh, He's like 40 and unmarried. So it was and single. So she was like, "I'm just going to steal somebody." So the Armenian way of matchmaking apparently is just to grab someone. Is an Amber Alert. <laughs> wow. So I've I've gotten Bulgarian. I, you know. Yeah. A million uh, Ians. Growing up, uh, what what part of San Francisco were you living in most of the time? When in you the were city. Do you know the city? I do. Okay, so we're going to test your knowledge right, right now. Well, okay. <laughs> Forest Hill Station. Yeah. 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 West Portal. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. Ha- I, I was, uh, I, <laughs> Twin Peaks. I was in the Bay Area for a short amount of time. I lived in San Mateo, and I was in the city as much as I could. It is my maybe my favorite place in the world that I've lived the shortest amount of time. Yeah. We love the Bay Area. We got this much of it, and yeah. it was like our people. It was like our weather. It was everything. Oh, you like that. And uh, I'm a Giants fan to this day. Yeah. Oh, big time. I, I remember been... when I became a Giants fan. And When I, was that? Uh, uh, 1989 National League Championship Series, oh, Giants, earthquake. Cubs, yeah, that year, mm-hmm. uh, Giants, Cubs, uh, Will Clark at the plate versus Wild Thing, Mitch Williams, uh-huh. uh, uh, an at-bat that lasted, like, seemed like 20 minutes, just fouling off pitches, fouling off pitches, fouling off pitches, knocked one into the infield, got to first base, had that black stuff under his eyes with mm-hmm. Will Clark used to wear and clapped and pointed back to the dugout and I went, I am in! <laughs> I am in! Giants man for life. Yeah. I was in when I was eight years old and my dad would take me to games and we'll see if you remember um, people in the stands, all the fans were chanting, chili, chili, <laughs> chili. So that was it. When I knew that there was chanting involved, I was like... That's all it took? That's all it took was oh. chanting. Because I was eight. So I didn't understand the game. I just understood chanting. What so? Tell me about live, growing up in San Francisco as as a kid, as a teen. What uh, what was life like in the city? You know, uh, it's so sad for me now because it's such a different city. It's changed. It's phenomenally, completely different, yeah. unrecognizable. It was I think. a real city. It was and a it's town. Kind of not. It's now. not anymore. Who knows it, what it is? And it was. It, it like New York, maybe it's and some of the East Coast cities, but it's one of the few cities that still existed that had distinctive. In communities, sections yeah. of town that you could identify as a thing, whether yes. it was the hate or whatever, or tenderloin, and you know, how, yeah. no matter how bad they got, but they were they had their own character and they had their own personality. You know, it's interesting. You could walk through any of those neighborhoods. You could walk through North Beach into Chinatown, go to Union Square, and it was such a small town. You would actually see people that you knew. Yeah, yeah. You were yeah. just like, oh, there's my friend in Chinatown. We're also just going to go get some whatever dim sum or whatever, you know, or not that we never ate in Chinatown. What am I saying? We always <laughs> ate in the outsk- Sunset District or Richmond. Right. But, you know, it's it was that feeling of you could be down in Ghirardelli Square and 
see, run into someone. Mm-hmm. It was a town. Yeah. My favorite memory when I was a kid, when I knew I lived somewhere special, was um, two blocks from my house was the bus stop for my school. Right. So it was a school bus came around. There were about five or six of us that stood there waiting for the bus. One of my friends, Chinese, the other my friend, uh, Japanese. Another friend was um, some other I can't remember now. She was Asian. Uh, Myself, Russian. Another mom would come out. Just a white, regular old, you know, white mom. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah. Just a yank. Just a yank. And. They would all come out and give us a little snack for the road. It was a five-minute bus ride. But it was like, you're hungry. You haven't had enough breakfast. You're standing out here waiting for the bus. And so the Chinese mom would have a little dumpling or something. Right. The Japanese mom would give us a little something. Like, it was so international. Right, You right. know, my Russian mom would just spit. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> Russian food, who eats Russian food? Let's be honest. Russians don't want to eat Russian food. And, and you're lucky you got what you got. But so. actually, I would get like a little sandwich with... Um, with uh, the big caviar, the big red caviar, oh, the big God, splooshy really? kind. A not... caviar sandwich? Oh, every day. Big, fat, nasty caviar sandwich? I had to eat tongue sandwiches. Uh, you can't trade that no. in elementary school. <laughs> but I, you're not getting PB&J for no, that. No, you're not getting anything. I, I, um, But I remember standing there at the bus stop thinking, I think I'm kind of lucky. I think, yeah. I don't know, I'm only seven but I think this is cool and unusual yeah. and different. Yeah. And and does not exist there anymore, does it? Not not, not in the same not way. Not that way. Because those parents uh, were teachers or maybe an artist. Because mm-hmm. I did grow up with a lot of you know hippie, crunchy tree hugger people as well. Um, or let's be honest, janitors and even a dentist. Can a dentist afford to live in San Francisco anymore? I don't know. <laughs> All the artists have moved out. Right. All the creative people. I mean, I I don't know how someone with just a regular job and not like I'm creating an app that helps you blink, no, you, you, can't you know, do it. No. how you can survive in San Francisco. Well, anyway. my son is going through that in New York, trying to find you know the the all the kids that came out of theater school and are trying to become actors Losers. or musicians. No, exactly, <laughs> trying to figure out where to live without having to it to be on. Well, he actually lived on in uh, in the Upper East Side mm-hmm. um, for a couple of years or whatever. But it was this big. My hands are very close together. Mm-hmm. Three guys in what basically should have been a closet and what kind of seemed like a combination eating area and kitchen, sort of, and a window that looked at just other windows and brick. And I, I remember getting off the elevator one there one time and the hallway being like, I I am a thin person. I felt like I was really having trouble. It was like one of those optical illusions where it looks like it gets really narrow and right, small and tiny right. at the end, except it wasn't. It really was like that. It came to a point at the end of the hallway. Are you sure he wasn't incarcerated? I don't know. I th- <laughs> Sounds I, like I think it was he like, was in prison. I think it was somebody's uh, dungeon room that they <laughs> oh were able gosh. to rent out for you know like two thousand dollars a month. So New York's become the same thing. He, it, it, struggling kids who want to be artists who are trying yeah. to do something like that in any major city like that. Yeah. it's become so gentrified in some of those areas. That so they used to go to Brooklyn. 
Yeah. Now Brooklyn is impossible. Brooklyn, uh, yeah, so he's finding, trying to find the outer edges of Brooklyn. Newfoundland. <laughs> is that it? Is where you can afford to go to Nova Scotia. <laughs> it's such a commute, though. Oh, such man. Such a commute. And not a, not a lot of great music clubs there. Is that what he wants? He wants to be... He's, uh, uh, yeah, uh, we uh, sent him to theater school in Boston, uh, the most expensive school he got accepted into with no scholarship money, uh, <laughs> so that he oh, no. could become a musician now. Good. Uh, Good for him. But Good. he's an artist, and that's what he wants to be. And he's yeah. really good and it's fine uh, it's so fine. my five-year-old has the project that's due mm-hmm. next week where they have to create a big poster with like lots of you know bells and whistles of what do you want to be when you grow up right and uh he said you know i want to be an army man and we were like all right no that's not gonna happen <laughs> i want to let you go to the army i mean thank I mean, you veterans a perspective yes absolutely we respect our thank military you. service but a five-year-old's perspective what an army man is yes probably not necessarily connected to the reality of what it's gonna be right um and also you're calling it army man <laughs> so let's, i don't think you're ready for that yet so then he, he was wants like, to be one of those little plastic green right. characters that he's playing with and then he's like oh, i want to be a police officer and we're like all right dude you're really missing the point of what we're trying to do for you here <laughs> We're really trying to give you a good. I mean, again, these thank are noble. You. Yes, noble. Thank you for your service. Absolutely. But toughest jobs in the world. Absolutely. And I have a, a very good friend, Dave Smith. If you're listening, that's his real name, not like a, it's his real Dave Smith. <laughs> uh, he was a police officer for many, many, many years. He's retired, and the stories he tells, I don't wish it upon anyone. So I was like, all right, so pick again. <laughs> Like, we just keep, like, what do you, what, and then my husband's like, well, what do you want him to be? And I go, I don't, honestly, just not a comic. Really? Just not, no. Seriously? It's such a hard life. Well, yeah. Harder than, uh, <laughs> would you be okay with army man over comic? I don't know. Are you going to validate my parking? Let's start with that. I, yes, I will, actually. <laughs> okay, then you know what? He can be a comic. It's not that bad. There's actually some perks. There's some perks. I'm going to support him. No, yes. but he wants to, he also talks about wanting to be a stand-up comic and tell jokes, and he's constantly pitching me jokes. Yeah? All the time. Are they any good? Uh, no. Yeah. But, you know, we've got to start somewhere. Yeah, that's no, right. They're fine. They're fine. He's five. But it's just like, oh my God, I realized everything he says is going to be rough. <laughs> Everything is, you know. Yeah, I mean, you obviously the nine-month-old has no personality yet. You're going to see completely not different. True, not n- true. Really? Not true. Oh come on, it's just a little blob not still, true. right? This lady what? is all personality. Oh, bubbly and happy. And Are you kidding me? Charmer. I almost want to drug test her. <laughs> I want to drug test. What is she doing? She is crazy. She's nine months. I'll play an audio for you. All right. I'm going to play an audio. Okay. And uh, this lady is a lunatic. What's her name? Can we Claire. say? Her Claire. Her name is Claire, yes. You know that I had to crowdfund, right, for my special? Yeah, and that's right. And one of the perks um, for $20,000, you could help name the baby. <laughs> did you not know this? Did, did, no, I didn't know this. It was almost going to be Jerome. Did somebody step up? Okay, hold on. It gets better. 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 This is every day. For, the, for those listening, this is a big, smiling, happy baby. This is not a distressed sound. No, no. We're going to drug test her. <laughs> she is this beside herself with every, joy. It's every day. 
It's every day. It's every day. This is every day. She's on something. She's on something. I'm going to test her urine when I get home. So you've got super happy, joyous, probably going to be uh, on LSD for the rest of her life, Claire. And the five-year-old is this rough and tumble. I'm going to, some one way or another, I'm going to carry a gun and live the hardest life possible. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? How do you, because I'm trying to think about, you know, at that age, we were sitting around waiting to see what. Alex's real interests were going to be. Music became a big thing right away. He loved, he actually said as a kid he wanted to do cartoon voices. And I was always putting him in, ah, I'm a terrible father. You think you're a bad parent. I would, <laughs> I would, uh, put Alex in a, a booth when I was producing like radio comedy and stuff yeah. and have him say as a, four-year-old the worst possible things a four-year-old should ever say oh, but just mimic me go, okay alex say this like this and he would just nah, nah, and it would be adorable right but terrible you know like a like that will ferrell bit where yeah, the janitor was thing. it uh, adam, the, uh, the, the landlord the landlord thing. Was it adam yeah. mckay's daughter yeah yeah oh my god i want my rent <laughs> Oh, my God. That's yeah. so funny. But he grew to love kind of being in the booth and had he wanted to be a cartoon voice. That's and great. And then it turned into being an actor and became a musician. So, like, the creative this streak came out really, really, really early. And oh. it was pretty obvious. Yeah, no, it's obvious. My, so, my kid does want to be. He cannot enter a room like a normal human. What do you mean? Oh, it's five, six, seven, eight. Kickball change, kickball change. Ta-da! He comes into his kindergarten. Even the teacher and I make eye contact, and she's like, he can't just enter normally. He comes in, and he's like, I've arrived, I've arrived. Like, he is Big all about the show. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. about, like... So where has he got that from? <laughs> How, uh, so when did you come to L.A.? At what point did you recognize you were funny enough that you wanted to do this for a living? Uh, you know, sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I don't know. Uh, there are some shows. I'm looking at you, Arkansas, where I don't, I don't know if this is working. Um, you know, really? I, they're not responding in Arkansas. In Scratchgrass, Arkansas, yeah. where um, I once did a college in in the Appalachians. There's, that's the Appalachians, right? Arkansas. Uh, is Appalachians. I think that's further up north. It's like West Virginia. Mm, uh, I can't remember. But, but it might stretch down there. I, I think don't know. it stretches down. All so right. they weren't wearing shoes. Okay. Anyways, um, this one kid was like, Are you really a Jew? And I said, Yeah, it's, trust me, it's not something that you want to pretend to be if you have a chance to pretend to be anything. Maybe British. British I've tried maybe. that. Uh, and he goes, He goes, Really? I guess I must have been the first Jew he met. And I go, Do you want to touch my horns? <laughs> I was being 100% serious, by the way. And he's like, nah. And I go, yeah, do you want to? Just wait until the room empties out. And he's looking at me like, trying to figure out, are you messing with me? <laughs> and I go, yes or no? Because you know, this is not something I offer everybody. He's like, okay. And I go, all right, just be chill. Just chill out. Wait till everybody leaves. So I was doing this college, right? So it was right. like a big auditorium. And so everyone leaves. And, uh, and I go, all right, so look. I just got them shaved down. So I'm going to part my hair. Be gentle. And the whole time he's like, what? He's just looking at me like, oh my God, is this going to happen? Yeah, but he's really hanging in he's there. Ha- no, he's on every word. Yeah. And I go, okay. So I start to part my hair kind of to the side. And I go, I'm not kidding you when I say, you have to touch them gently. <laughs> So I lean my head down a little bit. He kind of leans his hand out. 
and he goes, are there, are there really horns? And I go, yes, dude, come on, hurry up. Someone's going to walk in. So he's like feeling around my scalp and I go, do you right there? Do you feel it? He goes, no, no. I go right there. Do you feel them? No, I don't. It's because I don't have horns. <laughs> you idiot. Well, maybe that's not your, why you're not welcome in that part of the country anymore. Poor, uh, poor kid. No, I knew when I was a kid. I definitely knew that I didn't know what comedy was. I didn't know like, oh, this is considered stand-up or right. this is sketch or, you know, I Love Lucy is different than Carol Burnett or, you know, all the different places I was absorbing it. But I knew that I wanted to do whatever Mork from Ork was doing. Right. Whatever when he that was. sat on the couch with his head, whatever yeah. that was, <laughs> I needed to do that. I just didn't know how to explain it to my parents and I tried to convey that to them, and they were like, just shut up and sit down. And I'm like, but you don't understand. This is what I want to do. And they're like, okay, you put on jacket if you're going outside. Like, they never listened. <laughs> Did they want you to be a certain thing? Did they have expectations? You know, they had me in every single Soviet thing you would put a kid in. So I did ice skating. I did gymnastics. Mm-hmm. I did chess. I did piano. <laughs> I played the cello, which was a terrible mistake. Um what other Russian stuff? <laughs> That's I. That That's, I think you covered. I covered it. a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, those are the main ones. Yeah, yeah, Nothing yeah. Nothing stuck though. No, it's no. terrible. Were, you were not good at any of those things. Um, you know, I think I was decent at. They they had they for some reason also put me in track and field. I didn't know that was a Soviet thing, but I guess anything to mm-hmm. like get to the Olympics, maybe right. I don't know. Right, but um, well, those I was the, those decent the, at that. Those were the super. Besides the government, those were the superstars during Soviet Russia. That was the only way we got out. Literally, like the the opportunity to move on. Yeah. So that was still in them that this was that was your be ticket, your best break. Right. Right. Be, get into ice skating, chess. You know all the stuff that was just awful. But did they did they like watching TV? If they learned English from watching Laverne and Shirley and all that, was it was it a TV addicted household? Were you guys sharing all these shows and seeing all these TV shows together? A lot of TV. Yeah. A lot of TV. Um but again back then it was five channels. Mm-hmm. You know, two, four, five, seven, twelve and UHF. Right. You know, <laughs> that was it. Which was really hard to figure out how to get Or nine was PBS. Yeah. But okay. you know, I mean that that was that was it. So there wasn't a ton. I mean there was, but it wasn't like now. Right. Where I go to my dad's house and it's a, th- a thousand. One th- it goes up to 1,000. <laughs> um, and uh, we watched a lot of TV, but they just didn't. Oh, ballet. That was the one. I knew oh, I was missing one. Rushing. I knew oh, I was course. missing one. Yeah, Jeez. I did ballet, which I got kicked out of. I got kicked out of the ballet. Because I was talking. I was talking. I was disruptive. Right. I was cracking jokes. Um, I would constantly mimic. It was terrible. I was a douchey kid. If I look back and I look at myself, and I'm, if I'm honest, I'm sure I was a douche. Well, in those circumstances, sure. But if you hadn't been, you know, supposedly trying to do ballet or play the cello, but people recognize, you know, she's probably not meant to be doing that because she's got this outgoing personality and she needs to express herself. I needed to find the funny in yeah. things. That's what it was. So I wasn't like a douche where I was like, I'm going to set the garbage can on fire. Like that kind of like, I'm going to... Did you get in trouble? Yeah. So I would get in trouble because our uh, I was in the San Francisco Ballet. And I mean, I was in it. Like I got cast in the Nutcracker when I was a kid. Wait, what? Yeah. No, when you said you, you got kicked out, I thought you didn't get very far at all. But you got as far as... 
Oh no, I, I was performing. that was like my first paying gig. Oh wow. Right. It okay. Was, yeah, no, I was in the ballet. All right. And so it's in the DNA. You can't get it out of there. Well, yeah. And I played piano for eight years, you know, and my, my mom's mom played in the Russian circus. She was the pianist for oh the Russian God. circus. So oh it's like God. but I, I just I was terrible at them because I would come home from my piano lessons which which were with the most strict Soviets <laughs> that you could find. That's the piano teacher you chose for me, these super strict Soviets. One guy had a stick. Uh-huh. And I was he would say, like, did you ever get hit on the, the hands? Of course, yeah. yeah. Like wrists, wrists, get your wrists, yeah. oh, you know. God, yes. My wrists would drew up and you'd like, you know, pat my wrist with a stick. And I'd come home and I would do this entire monologue and crack my parents up and other adults that were around and just like crack them up because I would do this entire monologue of my piano lesson that I just had making fun of, you know, uh, his name was Vladimir and making fun of him. And they loved it. They were laughing. They loved it. And they would just send me right back again next week. (laughs) So they didn't see it like, oh, maybe she's miserable. They saw it like, well, too bad. So sad. Yeah. Go back and get more. Yeah. But they understood that I would try to find the funny in a terrible situation. So when I have these conversations in here, it, there's usually always a champion, somewhat, someone along the way who recognizes the thing that you should be doing and kind of helps you get there. And mm. also there's usually kind of this moment, this little Sometimes it's just uh, an accident where things happen, like somebody doesn't show up or so, or somebody pushes you out. I mean, do you have that person who kind of got you on the path, who really kind of gave you the the chance or the push or helped you recognize that, yeah, this was a thing you should do? Well, as much as I complain and criticize my parents, they did, you know— they facilitate came around? Yeah. to, you know, whatever I, if I did say I want to do stuff, they so were So you like, decided you wanted to do this. Yeah. And they finally bought in at some right. point. All right. right. So, like, I told them I wanted to take classes, you know, San Francisco, the American Conservatory Theater, the ACT. I was like, I want to take classes there, so I need you to write me a check. You know, and as much as they gave me money or paid for piano or ballet or whatever, they were like, okay. So they let me take classes at the ACT. Um, but they, they here's the thing. <laughs> They're so, I guess, consistent is the word. So, like, they supported me, but then when there was, like, a recital or a play, they were like, oh, we don't have time for this monkey business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, So, like, when I did run track and field and I had, like, a cross-country meet – I was like, we got to go. Like, there's a cross-country meet. My mom was like, okay, that's not – you go, but it's not for me to go. And, and what am I – cheer for you in the stands? I'm like, all right, fair enough. Like, So they supported me, but then you know, they were still consistent in their like, please don't give me a headache. <laughs> so my dad was supportive also. Like he, he once said, I'm going to find you an agent in San Francisco. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a big leap. Yeah. In his Soviet way, he just like goes door to door, knocking door to door and like brings a headshot of mine. And this is why to this day I feel like I don't look like a yank because back in the 80s, it wasn't dark hair, dark eyes. You know, it was Cheryl Teagues and uh, um, 
Billy Joel's wife, what's her face? Uh, Christy Thank Brinkley. Thank you, Christy Brinkley. It was blondes, blue right, eyes. Right. That was American. And so he got a lot of no's. And instead of just buttoning his lips about it, he told me, nobody wants you. They say <laughs> you look like foreigner. <laughs> Do you have to tell me this? I'm 12 and my body is going through so much right now. You know, it's like, I do, I, yeah, you don't the, have I, to tell me that that's what they said. It doesn't seem like a very Russian thing to nurture self-esteem. It doesn't seem no. like that's built into the, the background No, there. because no. how are you going to get everyone to buy into communism if you tell someone they're special? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Life sucks. You're lucky yes. you have what you've got. Yes. yes. Get in line. Everyone else is getting in line. They're all going to get the same stuff. <laughs> And don't you not don't expect anything different. So they helped, but I think the moment probably was sometime in I guess I guess high school. I went to school of the arts, high school. And it was probably in high school. Yeah. Well, that's where that's a great place to you find your tribe basically. Yeah. You you're you're all talking the same language. Right. Which must have been eye-opening for you a little bit to I just, could crack jokes. Yeah. And that was, you know, not in all, all the, like, you know, AP English. He wasn't crazy about that. Right. But I could, in most <laughs> other classes, I could uh, be funny and it was okay. And it was like, well, that's Kira. You know, she's the class clown. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's fine. But I always, I always wanted to do it in a way that made people laugh, not annoyed people. Right. So if I was annoying or if I saw an annoying kid, I'd be like, ugh, that guy's obnoxious well, see, and those guys are class cl- those are the typical class clowns they're the ones right. who want to disrupt, disrupt. And, and kind of be the center of attention um, i just wanted to make people laugh yeah that's yeah. all i wanted mm-hmm. and usually i found when i talk to stand-ups who were kind of in that situation in school they usually as m- much as they might have annoyed the teacher they also could get on the teacher's good side you had the way of you yes. were working the room even that yes. early i did have to go back to my high school and apologize to a couple which I got a chance to because I went and spoke at my high school. Oh, because good. it is a school of the arts. You yes. know, they ask alumni who are working in the industry to, to come and That's speak. Great. That's great. So when I was there, I saw Mr. Pannone and I said, look, <laughs> I, I have to say. He goes, no, no, I know what you're going to say. Don't say. I go, no, I'm so sorry. He goes, no. you're." I go, no, now, 20 years later, you're like, oh, it's fine. But at the time, you know you hated me. He's like, hate is a strong word. It's a strong word. Because I always gave him the business. Yeah. I would sing songs. Like, if I didn't do my work, if I forgot my homework, I would sing a song to get out of it. Um, I would say, Mr. Pannone, yes, I am so sorry. I forgot my homework. I'll bring it to Mari. Like, oh I would say, oh, yeah, I would try to get out wow. of stuff by making him laugh. I'd put on a show. And uh, so I did apologize to him and Mr. Hafey, who... Who uh, didn't accept my apology? I don't think. Oh, really? I don't know. He's kind of a jerk. Grudgingly, <laughs> he was just, just like, "Who your are you?" Oh. And I was like, "All right, forget it." <laughs> I, you tried. I tried. That's the thing that matters. How long have you been doing stand up now? Do you, have you counted the years? You know, if I would have known that the anniversary date was so important, I would have made a note in my mind. I didn't know you that. Don't really have a... years later. People would be asking me. It, I want to say. 2000 is when I really started to go up every night, write voraciously. Is that the right word? Sure. Um, really. It's a word. It's a word. <laughs> right. Um, just really uh, focus all of my energy. Were you but, here or were you yes, up? Yeah. I started in LA. But like 98, 99, I was futzing around 
I was doing open mics, but I wasn't taking it seriously. And then Columbine happened, and I believe that was like 99, I want to say. And I went to an open mic that night when Columbine happened, and some open micers were joking about it. And I said, I'm wiping my... I don't want to be a part of this community if that's what you guys think is funny. Like, that's your first reflex right right. because that was huge for us you know there were i'm sure school shootings before that but that really encapsulated so much and it was such a heartbreaking alarm like a wake-up call right right so i just i kind of took myself out of the scene for a little while i just thought that's that's really messed up how how your comedy doesn't really approach dark 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 stuff at least as far as I've seen. I mean, you can have a you can have a dark take on things. Yeah. Um. You can kind of push the envelope, but you don't seem like you want to upset or have you don't want people to be uncomfortable, other than pointing out kind of just their own personal. Right. You know, failings or whatever, just because you're part of that group. You, you, you're you you're more inclusive, I think, in terms of wanting to relate to people. Is that... Is there are that... so many different types of yeah. comics. Right. So some are like, I want to get people to think. Right. Okay, I get that. Bill Hicks, I get it. You know, Carlin, I get it. Sure. Um, and then other comics are like, F the audience. I don't care what they say. I'm there for me. That happens, too. Yeah. All right. Great. Make it a masturbatory time for yourself on stage. Right. But... I truly think that um, when I'm on stage, I want people to have a good time, to laugh, to enjoy themselves. This is their night out. They paid money. They got a sitter. They valet. They got dinner, drinks. This is like an evening, and I'm their entertainment, and I just want to find whatever's happening in my life because it's all 99% is what's happening to me at this time. Right. I just want to convey it in a funny manner, and it's a little therapeutic for me and other people. I do a lot of mom shows, right? Mm -hmm. So when a lot of women get together and someone on stage is like, you know, my kid just shit up his back too. You know, yay! You know, and you can (laughs) make it funny. speaking their language. Yeah, and then that's that's something more meaningful to me than just like, I'm up here, I'm talking, you listen to me, I'm in control. I don't know, I just don't get... I don't enjoy that. Yeah, you look like you're having a good time when you're up there. And and I am, and I, I want everyone to have a good time. Right. I am a people pleaser to the core, coming from a family that was a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling, a lot of hitting. You know, I... I want everyone to have a good time. Right. Can we all just laugh so I don't get hit? So did your style change from when you were first trying things out? Because usually, oh, yeah. yeah, everybody kind of starts usually by trying to be somebody they really like. Like they emulate somebody that they, they not stealing necessarily, but right. there's usually a style they gravitate to before you kind of start to find your own. Were you? You know, I had a lot of one-liners, yeah. which I don't really have now. I have more stories. Yeah. But... Uh, it, you don't, you know, it's so funny nowadays. We're talking about Periscope, bringing it back. Right. You can have a million followers on Vine, and all of a sudden, the Hollywood Improv wants to headline you. Right. Okay. But you're 22 and a half. Right. And you don't have a lot of life experience, and you don't know how to craft a joke. So, what are you going to talk about? So, I feel like until I got life experience, I really didn't have much to discuss. Yeah, you can be a good 
perform or, or even a good craftsperson up there, but until you get that, it seems like for every stand-up comic, I've heard Louis C.K. talk about this or people talk about him, like, because yeah. he was like like weird concepts comic for right. the longest time. Right. There would just be like these weird non sequitur stuff that were funny, but when he became really personal, not yes. like... Not necessarily like dark or exposing a side of himself, but just literally bringing out something that was from him. Yes. He is where he turned the corner. And it seems like where every comic really gets into the richest material is when they go, oh, yeah, I have stuff I can talk about. Right. And it turns out people will relate to this, but I have a way of turning it and, and... making it my own at the same time. Yeah, it's like it's like you can go to uh, TGI Fridays and get a hamburger, mm-hmm. and that's okay, and it'll be a hamburger, and you'll eat it, and you'll be like, oh, that was good. Or you can go to um, a chef that's going to say, you know, I'm I'm Portuguese, so I'm going to make this hamburger have a f- like a flair of some. But I'm also I also lived in Asia, so I'm going to take my life experience of right. living in Asia and. Portugal, and I'm also this, and I also once experienced this when I traveled, or whatever. They're going to take their experiences and their life, and their grandmother, and their, and they married someone that's from another country, or whatever, and they're going to create food that is just so much more interesting. No offense, TJ Fridays, but it's not just bun and meat, <laughs> which I feel like. Sorry, the older you get, the more you hate the younger generation. But I feel like when I see a 22-year-old comic and I go, okay, Ruby Tuesdays, <laughs> you just give me a Ruby Tuesdays yeah, right just now. Just cranking them out, yeah. You just give me some meat with bread, and it's fine, and people will consume it, and they'll be like, yeah, that was a hamburger. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm trying to give you something else. I'm trying to, like... Give you a hamburger with some of my own tears in it. <laughs> you know, I've seasoned it with my own anger. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I right, can say I'm the saltiness, to... but that's different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I've seasoned it with experience. As long as it's just tears. As long as you promise that's all you're putting in there. No, no placenta. All right. I would never do oh, that. Okay. Um, but, you know, I feel like it's just it makes for a richer meal. All right. So now you've got two kids. It's it's a different dynamic than one kid. It's a different dynamic than being pregnant. By the way, you're going to do another pregnant special, or are we, we uh, are we done? No, never. <laughs> okay, all right, never. So, how does uh, is, is stand up still satisfying to you? I mean, you're you because you do a lot of TV, and you mm-hmm. had I, we haven't even touched on your long term relationship with the Tonight Show yeah. and and the the photo booth, but you've talked about that so much. Um but that was cool. I mean that was it such was a fun. great gig. So and much it was fun getting insurance too. <laughs> Isn't oh, that nice? Health insurance. Yeah. I know. It was great. Uh, it was meant to be just one time. Right. One so, time and it lasted over eight years. So just I mean what's what's next? What's the the family's bigger. That yeah. means more responsibility. Yeah. You obviously are trying to find as many opportunities as you can to leave that responsibility and say <laughs> yes to random podcasts like this one. Yeah. Um or gigs or whatever. Are you still gonna go on the road? Are you still gonna try and do that? I still do the road a little bit. I feel like nowadays you have to do five different things. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. have to. Right. So like Last month I was writing on a show for a little while, and then I'm on the road, and now I'm pitching shows. And I I have a game show coming out that I shot in February. Winsanity. Winsanity. Yay. Donald Faison is the host, one of the nicest people. He seems like he's the total coolest dude. He is. I'm glad to know that's true. Unbelievable. 
unbelievably kind and sweet and generous and a great sense of humor. We know him from Scrubs and some other stuff, right? Yeah, Clueless, Scrubs, movies. He's, I mean. Awesome. He's just so much fun. What's the deal? What's the thing? What is it? What is the Winsanity? (laughs) Um, You know what? We shot 40 episodes and it was like a blur. You're still not sure? I'm not sure. No. (laughs) It's a game show where everybody in the audience can win. So everyone's wearing these green watches, right? And we randomly, you know, smack down a Winsanity button. The watches are like, they're all going off, right? Someone's watch goes off. That person gets to go on stage and play. They're stacking facts in numer- numerological, am I saying that right? Order. Yeah. English is my language second. <laughs> um, and, uh, but they're also playing for prizes that people in the audience can win. Now, the audience can also help. So they're yelling out where they think you're wrong. It's a very, it's high energy. It's crazy. It's crazy. But then people also, if you do not stack one fact correctly, you're out and someone new from the audience takes your place. So it's like they're helping you, but they also want you to sit down <laughs> because then they can go up there and we gave away cars and oh, we gave wow. away money and just tons of prizes like jewelry, vacations, a lot of vacations. Um, it was so much fun. And I got to be so Donald's the, the main host. And I'm just like his wacky sidekick. Oh, that's great. And it's it, that was a dream job. This because, is uh, GSN, right? Yes, uh, Game uh, Show Network. Okay, cool. Win Sanity. June 9th. Um, you, and you've done a lot of TV. You're actually really good on some of the, I mean, there's a lot of reality stuff you've been a part of, and you're good with, because you're quick on your feet, and you can just kind of, I love, yeah. like in the special, um, I love it when people are good with crowd work, and when they kind of can bring it back in. I don't want to get into nuts and bolts necessarily, but I love good crowd work because that just feels like because you can craft a great set and you're such a like your your performance has so much going on i was actually i haven't even finished the thing yet i'm worried about you the whole time i'm watching it's like (laughs) you were exerting so much energy you're gonna squeeze that baby out just by sheer force at some point there's so much happening i peed a lot All right. No, I'm being 100 percent honest. I, I no, I believe you. That's yeah. the thing. I'm, and I'm going to just give you a little unsolicited advice. You don't have to tell people all these things. You really don't have to. I know, but we just talked about. I know how you know yeah. this. The closer to the bone, the sweeter the meat, right? <laughs> did we did we talk about that? Well, didn't we just say Louis C.K. was talking about things I know, that were I so know, but there are personal. still things that maybe you can hold back. Just little. Not urine, uh, obviously. Apparently not. Apparently not. <laughs> But you are great. You're great on your feet and working with people. I love crowd work stuff because that's that when you're going off the the page or whatever, and you're just kind of playing with people, yeah. and you can have fun with that, and you can bring it back around and and do the callbacks and stuff. I love that stuff. That's somebody who knows what she's doing. Well, a lot of comics would never do that at a special. No, they might at a regular set. So a lot of my friends. Um, who watched it, they were like, what were you thinking? Why would you do that? And it's because I feel like a robot if I don't. Right. I can't just do a monologue up there. I can't just talk as if these people aren't there. I need to talk to the people. It's like something inside of me. I've done it. I did it for my Showtime special. I did it for this one and other TV spots that I've done. I have to. I feel like if you're sitting there and you're looking at me and I don't acknowledge you Mm -hmm. by at least just saying like, oh, cool. What's your what's happening with you? Who are you? And making it feel like 
it's not just you're just any old audience. You're not just people. Like, I can't treat the audience like they're just prostitutes. And I'm going to put my joke in you and I don't care about you at all. (laughs) And there's money exchanged and then I'll never see you again. Like, I have to get to know you a little bit. I know you probably should never fall in love with your you know, hookers, but I want to know who you are. I remember I was in South Africa with a bunch of comedians and it was my birthday. It happened to be my birthday there. And they said, we're taking you to a strip club. Now, South Africa strip clubs are very different. Not that I've been to a ton in the States, but they took me to one where it's just like, there's not, you can't even find a filling in someone's tooth. (laughs) There's not, these women are wearing nothing. Not even contact lenses. I mean, it's nothing. That's not. That's not technically a strip joint. No, that's just naked that's, women place. Right. Yeah. That's a naked woman place. And um, you know, I was talking to the strippers and asking them about like, where are you from? Where'd yeah. you grow up? Do you have siblings? Like personal stuff. <laughs> and the other comics were like, just, we're getting you a lap dance because it's your birthday and it's hilarious and you're having a conversation with this woman and probably trying to talk her out of being here. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's so much more that you could have with your life right now. Oh, that yeah. brings back painful memories of uh, of having a gig when I was early in my radio career as twenty one as a twenty one and twenty two year old to uh, there's a Hollywood Tropicana over mm-hmm. here off the uh, off the one hundred one and I was hosting these contests and there were like mud wrestlers mm-hmm. in one floor and of course me being me I was the listening guy. They would tell me their stories, and they they were working their way through school, right. and all the other guys are got like going. Eh, did you get a number? And it's like, oh no, she's going to law school. And I, I had their backstory. <laughs> uh, we were best friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, the uh, the special you did this to me, which by the way you mentioned uh, crowdsourced, and how gratifying is that that you got fans and people to kind of. You know, Look, just pony up and do that for yeah, you. Yeah, I was, I was truly um, blown away. Um, so, I, the word I can't even find words. So just overwhelmed with you know pride that like the fans came out and that they really believe in me. But also, I will never do that BS again. <laughs> Ever, never, never. Why? Because it's running for mayor. Yeah. It's, can I? Can I? Can I? Uh, can I expect your vote? Can I? Can, can you promise me your vote? Like, yeah, it's campaigning. You're, campaigning. You're, yeah, you're yeah. shaking hands. You're like, hey, everybody. I, I just you're trying to squeeze them for every dollar you, they, they are willing to and give I up. And I can't. I can't do yeah. it. It no, just was it. so difficult for me because I'm not one of those people. That's why I'm bad at things like Periscope. And look at me. Look at me. I'm not good at look at me unless I'm on stage. I don't like doing it off stage. It really actually annoys me that that's part of my job but i'll do it and i and i begrudgingly do it and i'm like all right i'll tweet you know what i mean and here's a facebook post and i'll periscope while jogging <laughs> because i know that's what's expected of us now right but it's really hard there were days when a comedian had to be funny one hour out of the day 
Now it's 24 hours. Right. You got to be funny. You got to be on. You got to be there. You got to be present. Don't forget about me. In addition to doing the hard work of actually going up and being in front of audiences. When do you have time to write? Yeah. When do you have time to just be a person so they have something to write about? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is if when you're so wrapped up in social media and, and promoting yourself and being that presence, when do you get the life stuff that really neat your act needs to be about about yeah. how many jokes about twitter can you make well my that- five-year-old interrupted uh my thought yesterday i was thinking of oh this would be funny to tweet and he came in and asked me something and i was like can't you see mommy is trying to tweet <laughs> and he totally interrupted me and i thought i had a really good thing going yeah. and it went out of my head and i was like you know what i don't understand I know. kids i know they just I don't, don't appreciate and he said, when are you going to work harder at your job so you can have a house with a, a backyard? That's what he said. I'm telling you, that kid, the Terminator, uh, f- f- the five-year-old Terminator. Do not- you remember a long time ago there was, I mean, this is millions of years ago, there was a, um, what was the show, The uh, Twilight Zone? Mm-hmm. And there was a show where the kid was too smart and the government took the kid away. That was a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. 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 Uh, so this is the opposite. This is the government sending these right. smart kids. We're going to work on this We're going to write it down. Yeah, we are. Uh, Kira, you're awesome. You're so freaking funny. Your special is great, and it's You Did This To Me. Uh, I, if I'm saying it just like a normal human. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. Can I hear a little You Did This you, To Me? You! You did this to me! Yes. Um, I just need that voice. It just doesn't come across well without that voice. Uh, is on Amazon Prime for all the Prime people, and where else? Google Play, yeah, iTunes. Awesome. Uh, it's anywhere that people get their streaming content. Someone's like, I got mine on Roku. I don't even know what a Roku is. Uh, it's you know, video on demand and Dish, and soon out on Hulu, and then hopefully soon, soon, hopefully, hopefully, Netflix. Awesome. So good. And luckily, you were right there at the uh, beginning of apparently the trend of pregnant female stand-up comics doing yeah. specials because yeah. now everybody's doing them. Yeah, and no one can keep their legs closed. Uh. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you're a podcast, and uh, yes, good lord, the Kira woman. Sultanovich it show. It is literally you have not, like nine things you have to do. You keep have doing. to. And uh, everybody, check out uh, Kira jogging tomorrow morning on Periscope. I will do it. Absolutely. All right, give us a shout out. Uh, oh, uh, my, I forgot about this. My James Lipton-like speed round questions. Um, um, if you were forced up on a karaoke stage, what would the song be, the go-to song for Kara? Uh, Billy Joel, anything Billy Joel or oh. anything Journey. But Billy Joel, probably Billy Joel. Like? Piano Man. Oh, really? Anything from Glass Houses. All right. Oh, okay. Piano Man's a little slow for karaoke. I'm just really? saying. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's long and it's slow. It's long and slow. Yeah. Well, mm. <laughs> Okay, That's we're talking what... about karaoke. Okay. All right. Let's um uh what are the other questions? Damn it. Um would you if you haven't yet, would you ever consider working with a monkey? I have already. Okay. Well, I didn't work with him. Her? I think it was a girl. Yeah. I don't think they allow boy ones. No. Um, they get aggressive or something? Yeah. Well, uh-huh. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Um, I kind of already, I kind of already did. What'd you do? Uh, a bar mitzvah. <laughs> what? I know. Wait a minute. I was. Oh, I, I did this special for Animal Planet, and I had no. to do this segment on blah blah. A bar mitzvah. This is even worse. My nephews. 
It was my nephew's bar mitzvah. And there was a monkey. Yeah, because uh, the, my sister So you didn't do an act with a monkey. It just happened to be part of the entertainment. It was part of a thing. The, yeah. Uh, okay. And I just had to... It was... They, have so, they had so much money, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to spend their money. So they were like, let's get a monkey. It was awful. But I have worked with monkeys before, and I can't remember... Oh, oh wow. I also worked at the San Diego Zoo. All right. Um, well, there had to be monkeys involved in that lot. at some point. There were a lot. There were a lot. Yeah. Right. But um, I would as long as uh, as long as I felt like it was taken care of. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell when a monkey's like, "Look, I'm fed. Mm-hmm. I, I'm. I know I'm wearing a vest, but I don't mind." Um, I'm allowed to monkey around, do whatever my monkey right. business is, and I'm not held in some sort of terrible, cramped right. condition. Um, as long as the rights of the monkey are respected. Yes. All right. Yes. Okay, good. But oh. I'm thrilled that uh, things like Ringling Brothers and SeaWorld are finally coming around. Yeah. 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 They finished uh, Circus Vargas, I think, have now started with no no animals. You're uh, an animal lover. I, I'm not. <laughs> what? I'll be honest. I can't touch what? them. You don't I can't... have any? I had Dobermans when I was a kid, right. and those are not real dogs. Those are not real. It's like it's like cuddling up to a machine gun. It's not a real dog. Uh, but I had two Dobermans as a kid, and that kind of I was like, well, I'm done with dogs. Yeah, yeah, because okay. they were Russian Dobermans who ate borscht. They ate borscht. Well, there are smaller, they cuddlier, were huge. but there are you know more loving, little nurturing yeah, breeds. Again, you're asking for non-nurturing people to okay. get a nurturing breed of dog. All right, I, I don't want to try and change you, but I'm not an animal lover in the sense of I can't just like pick up a. Oh, can I hold your? No, I'm not gonna. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> hold or touch, but I don't want them with their feet stapled to a tricycle. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> You don't want one, but you care about them. Yes. Good. All right, so you've got some depth. That's good. We've established (laughs) something deep here on the Snark Monkey Podcast. Kara, uh, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Good luck with everything. I'll have you back if that's okay. We'll talk again. I would love it. When the next thing happens. We're pitching our show. All right, that's right. When we get to announce Terminator first grade, whatever mm-hmm. we're going to call it. Oh, there we go. We combine two. Here we go. This is how we wrap things up. <laughs> we combine two. Yes, you know where I'm going. It's kindergarten, it, it's cop kindergarten Terminator. Terminator cop. All right. So. Get a monkey. Get a monkey. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 